All right, grab your Bibles and um, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. Guys, I believe I forgot to send you my scriptures today. I don't believe. I did forget to send you my scriptures today. My apologies. Let's see if I can email them to you real fast. Y'all think I can do it? Okay, they're en route. Look at there, modern technology. Where'd I say go? First Timothy? First Timothy chapter four. What page is Timothy on? Here we go. Eight twenty-four for those that were wondering. <clears throat> verse sixteen. First Timothy chapter four. Verse sixteen. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. The last couple of Wednesdays we have been asking this question of ourselves. How am I doing? How am I doing? Uh, we've been looking through some vital signs of our life, comparing them to vital signs when you go for a doctor's visit, and, and looking at different areas of our life. How am I doing? How, wh where am I at on the the happiness scale, on the happy scale? Am I always happy or am I never happy? Uh, where do I land? Have I just resigned to being about half miserable forever? Or do I have the joy of the Lord in my life? Where are you on the scale? I want to conclude this series tonight, and I really believe that God wants to touch us. I, I just, uh, I've been saving this for the end and just really believing that, that God was going to move in your life tonight and mind as well. And do some, do some things that I believe he has been wanting to do for a long time. I believe some of you have been asking for for a long time. Does that sound good? Will you, will you let your spirit be expectant tonight? Get ready to receive. <clears throat> Pardon me, my voice is uh, going out. I don't know if you can tell how low my voice is tonight. So I guess it's getting older now. My voice is, I'm finally getting mature or something like that. I don't know. Um, I've been having this problem every afternoon for some reason. I don't know what's going on there. But um, we're going to talk about, the first one I want to talk to you about is your cholesterol. <laughs> A couple of you have had this discussion with your doctor. <laughs> um, I don't fully understand the, the concept of cholesterol, but it has something to do with the proteins in your body, and then you add too many in, and then they combine together, and made, they make like another kind of protein word, and if you're not careful, they won't be able to flow through your system. They get caught up in your arteries and your veins, and next thing you know, you have blockage. So the blood can't get to your body. It can't flow through your body as it's supposed to. Um, my understanding is that your body produces enough of this protein or this lipid, whatever they call it, it produces enough on its own. You don't need to add any. But the problem is nearly everything we eat is full of cholesterol, right? And, and so uh, if we're not careful, we end up clogging up our whole body and not getting the blood we need to the places we need it in order to do what our body is supposed to, to do. This creates a serious problem. Uh, it, it, it blocks high cholesterol, high cholesterol 
can block the flow. So I want to ask you this question tonight. Has the flow of God's blessing stopped or slowed in your life? A flow. Uh, Malachi chapter 3, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing. Notice the word pour uh, has, a, it's, a, it's a flowing, it's an action. It's not just a, I'm going to give you a cup of blessing. No, no, no. He says I'm going to pour it so it's a stream coming into your life. And this is the way God wants to do it for you. He doesn't want to just a little here, wait a couple of years, here's another little blessing. But he wants a steady stream of favor and blessing into your life. How many of you think that sounds good? But how many of you know there are times in our life where we don't feel that? Are you, is it being blocked? Is the favor of God, the blessings of God being blocked in your life? Do you feel like there are just, uh, just too many almosts in your life? You almost got the job. You almost got the raise. You almost got that house. You almost got the car. You almost found your husband. <laughs> You almost fixed your marriage. You almost won that settlement. You almost did it. It's like you can, you can see them coming, but before they get to you, before you can get your hands on the blessings of God in your life, they get cut off somewhere. You lose them. They, 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 they're, they're, somebody else is getting them or whatever has happened. Just, do you ever look at your life and say, man, I almost got it. You know, God says he's going to bless, bless us when we do certain things. He's going to pour out blessings on us. And you can count on one thing. If God says he's going to pour out blessings on your life, he's going to pour out blessings. But we do things, we put things in place that cause blockage to where he can't get them to us. You see, see, cholesterol in and of itself is not a bad thing. Cholesterol in and of itself has a purpose and a function in your body to help deliver the blood. But when you get too, many, too much of it in your body, then it becomes a blockage. So, so God wants to pour it out on us. And there are things that we do to allow him to pour it out. But there are also things that we can add to our lives that cause it to be a block. Seven questions I want to ask you to if your flow is stopped or slowed. Because I don't know about you, but if, if it's stopped or slowed in my life, I want to know why. Right? If God's pouring it out and it's spilling on everybody else around me and I'm not getting any, like I'm happy for them, but I want a little bit too. All right? So I want to know why. Maybe that's just me. Here's the first question for you. We discussed this just a little bit earlier. Am I tithing? Most, the most fundamental question you can ask when you study the Word of God about whether or not He's going to bless your life is, am I tithing? Not just tipping, but giving God the first 10%. The tithe is very specific in the Word of God. It is not a, a random number or just something we all make up and choose for it as you will. No, no. The tithe is the first 10%. He tells us how much and which part. So how much? It's 10%. Which 10%? The first 10%. It's very simple. Uh, the second question goes right along with that. Okay, I'm tithing, but, but am I giving? You see, the tithe belongs to the Lord. It's His. I don't even have a right to it. It's His. The other 90%, I have a right to it. He gave it to me. I have a right to it. 
Okay? So the giving comes when I take out of the, the 90% and then I give it to God. The giving is the seed that you plant in the ground that grows. Paul said, I, I pray that you grow or excel in the grace of giving, planting. Whatever you plant, then it can grow and you can reap a harvest from it. I, I made a statement to you earlier, the tithe protects, but, but the giving is the seed that's in the ground. Giving is, an, is about generosity. You remember we studied a couple of weeks ago on, on a Sunday about how when David was bringing the presence of God back into Israel, he went every six steps and offered, offered a sacrifice. This was way beyond his tithe. Every six step for miles, he stopped and offered sacrifices. Then he went six more steps and he stopped and offered sacrificing again. This is another level beyond just our tithe. This is giving. Notice in Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. Just so you make sure you know I'm not making this up. This is, this is the words of God now. Verse 8. Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have you, we robbed you? Watch this. In tithe and offerings. If he meant them to be the same, he would have called them one thing. But he didn't. He called them two separate things. Am I, am I tithing? Am, am I giving? Third question. Here's one you may not have thought of. Have I forgiven Unforgiveness can stop your flow. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. Watch what Jesus says. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it and let it go. When you're standing there praying and you're coming before God, asking to receive from Him, the first thing you do is say, is there anyone I need to forgive? Let me think through this for a moment, Lord. Oh yeah, i got to forgive that person. Okay, so before I ask God anything, Father, I forgive them. Please help me to remove that from my heart. Drop it, lay it down, and let it go. Father, thank you. Now, will you forgive me? I forgave them. Will you forgive me? Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So, so, so here's the thing. Uh, unforgiveness bottles it up. It stops God from being able to give freely to you. I, I don't want unforgiveness to block the flow of blessings in my life. Lord, if there be anything in me that I need to forgive of someone else, maybe they never apologize. Forgiveness is not about anyone apologizing. Jesus didn't say, before you come, when you stand to pray, stop, think about who you need to forgive, go to them, say, listen, you hurt me and you owe me an apology. And when you apologize, I'll forgive you. Then I'm going to go ask God and he's going to give me stuff. But I can't do that until you say you're sorry. Did you, did, was that anywhere in the scripture I read to you? No. He just said forgive. You've got to understand something. Jesus forgave you before you ever said you were sorry. Before you even thought about the sin, he forgave you. 
So he said, it's, it's not about them. It's about you. Have, you. have you forgiven? Are things that you're holding on to, that you're refusing to let go of, that are blocking the flow in your life? Well, here's the next one. This is a serious one. This one's a really, really bad one, and I'm going to tell you why. The next question is this. Am I disobedient? Here's the reason, reason why disobedience blocks the flow, but not just that, it's even worse. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15. But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God. Disobedience. To observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. So here's the problem with disobedience. It doesn't just stop the flow of blessing. It releases curses that are going to come upon you and overtake you. You can run fast. You cannot run a curse. You can run fast. And when a blessing's coming for you, you can't outrun a blessing. Because the Bible says they're going to come upon you and overtake you. Oh, don't be disobedient. Uh, don't, don't be disobedient. This is the words of God here. Observe carefully all the commandments and the statutes which I command you. If you don't, if you're disobedient, the curses will come upon you. I, I don't want my lack of obedience, my, my disobedience to release curses in my life. And God's trying to release blessings, but he can't because I'm cutting him off. And all my blessings are too busy fighting the curses. And i got a war going on, and I don't even know it. And I'm wondering where God is. And he's saying, I'm fighting all the curses you've released in your life. Next question. Do I gossip? Oh, what do you mean, Pastor Randon? That has nothing to do with the blessings of God. Well, actually, if you study Romans chapter 1, Paul says that he gave some over to a debased mind. The based mind is literally a curse that can come upon you and I, where we lose track and lose the ability to understand right and wrong. We just, it just all gets mixed up. It's just whatever is whatever. Do whatever you want. And we, we, we wouldn't know right from wrong if it slapped us in the face. And, and, but, but here's the deal. One of the, peop, one, of the, one of the characteristics of people that God puts this curse on and turns them back over to themselves Gossipers. Gossipers. That's what he said. Romans chapter 1. Go back and read it. They were given over to themselves because of gossip. God is not a gossiper. In my efforts to be like him, gossip won't work. Am I thankful? Am I grateful? Do I have a life of gratitude? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 Paul writes to the church of Thessalonica, In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, give thanks. A, a lack of gratitude will get you out of the will of God. It changes your perspective. We forget who God is, and, and we come up with a, 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 a fictional understanding of who we are not based on the truth. So we have to get back in the will of God, a life of gratitude. In everything, give thanks. Are you thankful? And the last one is just simply this one. Do I trust God? You see, faith and trust are tied together. 
And, and the, the, the fact of the matter is, faith is the currency of heaven. Without it, it is impossible to please God. But, but you have to have trust. David wrote in, in, in Psalm 31, But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My time's there in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. When we don't trust God, we take ourselves out of his hands. Say, no, 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 no. I'm going to take my times back from you, God. I don't really trust you. You're not God. I don't trust you. I don't trust you to take care of me. I don't trust you to be God for me. I don't trust that you know what's best for me. So I'm going to take my life and my times back. I'm going to take it back from you. And when we get out of the hands of God, we remove ourselves from the blessings of God. Do you trust him? Do you have faith in him? Is your flow of blessings blocked in your life? You know, there are a number of more, but I, I want to move on today for the sake of time. But I just want you to ask yourself those questions. As we, as we have gone on this journey of evaluating ourselves, looking over our own lives. Um, because blocking the blessings of God in your life, blocking the favor of God, blocking uh, a, a release of his power in your life is one of the ways the enemy wears you out. Remember in Daniel chapter 7 where, where we talked about one of the attacks of the enemy is to literally wear you down. So listen, if I can just get rid of the blessing, I'll just wear you out. I don't even have to win. I'm just going to wear you out like water dripping on a rock. Have you ever really been in need of God to do something for you? And you've just been praying and believing and you're just worn out and, and weary and you've been fighting. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just a little blessing happens. Not even the big one you've been praying for, but just a little one. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you pull up into Walmart and, and there's the front row parking spot all of a sudden. Just a little one. Uh, you know, you're believing God for a, for a financial breakthrough and, and you need a, a $1,000, but you don't get $1,000. You get a $17 check from, from energy because you overpaid your bill. It ain't $1,000, but man, it sure helps, right? Just sometimes those little flow of blessings in your life, it doesn't fix everything. But you know what it does? It energizes you and it gives you strength. It builds up your faith. Well, you know what? If God can clear out the craziness that is with Walmart and make a spot for me when I'm tired and weary and my back's hurting, then he can come on through for me. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's not that the miracle, this little bitty blessing, this little bitty miracle changes my whole world, but it, just, it does boost my spirits, change my outlook. It gives me a little faith in God again. It gives me a little recharge of energy. I need those every now and then. Uh, one of my friends says of those things, he says, that's why we go to church right there. That's why we go to church. It's a, it's a running joke with, between us because any little thing that happens good, he says, that's why I go to church. It's the favor of God upon me. Last one. Last vital sign. Pain. You go to the doctor. He pumps the thing on your arm. He checks your temperature. He does all those things. And then he says, are you hurting anywhere? Are you hurting anywhere? Well, now that you've asked, now that I think of it, I hurt everywhere. <laughs> I just, 
It takes me two Advil and two Aleve and a half of Vicodin to get through the day. Doctor, thank you. <laughs> Y'all know anybody like that? <laughs> Pain is one of the indicators that God built into our bodies to let us know that something is wrong. Pain was not an accident by God. Pain was not something that, but pain was put in your body. To, so now you know something's wrong. So something happened. Something ain't right here. When I was about nine or ten years old, uh, we lived in Nederland, 2716 Nashville to be exact. And we had this long kind of hallway. At least probably wasn't that long, but at the time it seemed really long. You know how when you're a kid, things seem, things seem bigger than they are. And I was running down the hallway. Are you freezing cold? I'm freezing cold. Anybody else freezing cold in here? Pastor Dino, okay. Uh, feel free to turn it up one degree if you would like, just one. I'm running down this hallway, and I am, you know, showing off my blazing speed. <laughs> speed doesn't run in my family, let me just put it that way. So I, I am running, and I turn this corner, and I am just running as hard as I can, and suddenly, as I'm running, my left pinky toe burst into extreme pain, excruciating pain. I hit the ground. I tumble. I roll. It is, oh, Jesus. Uh, I I doubt I cursed. It is not in my nature, but I may have wanted to because it was bad. And, And I mean, I am rolling on the ground and I'm asking myself, why is my toe hurting so badly? And as I look down, if this is my pinky toe on my left foot, instead of facing this way, it's facing this way. Oh, yeah. And so now, you know, I, if, you, if you know me very well, I think I told you about my shot story last week or a couple of weeks ago, how I pass out and things. Okay, now I'm like... So now it's not just the pain, it's not just the, the, the screaming, now it's like, I'm getting lightheaded just thinking about it, I'm not going to lie to you right now. Just... <laughs> True story, man, I'm landing on the floor, and here comes our, our, uh, our, our uh, babysitter, she comes around the corner, she's like, what is wrong with you? And we're like, <laughs> what was the problem? Well, apparently, when you're running down the hallway barefooted and you kick the door frame, something has to give. It wasn't the door frame. Imagine that. I didn't kick the wall down. (laughs) But my toe laid all the way over backwards. I'm going to have to sit down. To this day, true story, my left pinky toe will not move. You can move it with your hand. It won't move. It's like it's not even on my foot right now. I can't even feel it. I can wiggle every other toe that I have, every finger. That toe will not move. Snap that joker. Pop! The pain was pointing... To my stupidity at running down the hallway barefooted and not paying attention. I did it to myself. I can't blame the wall. 
The wall was always there. You know what? I would be willing to bet if I drove by 2716 Nashville today, the wall would still be there. I knew it was there. I knew it was hard. I knew if you hit it, it would hurt. And I still kicked it. The pain was pointing to my problem. Short time later, after it healed, or to whatever degree it healed, uh, I was riding my bike down the drainage ditch, which I did quite often, and um, didn't have a lot of water. and had just like a thin layer of water and like algae, just nastiness in the bottom. I don't know why we rode our bikes in it or why my parents let me do it. But I'm riding, get this, barefooted. So as I go to come up out of, the, out of the drainage ditch on my bike, my back tire slips. I fall and slit my toe open again right below the knuckle, almost cut my toe off on a piece of glass. At that point, I learned a very valuable lesson in my life. Wear shoes. They help. I mean, seriously. Whoever invented shoes was a genius. Like, they should put him in the Hall of Fame for something. I don't care what. The Hall of Fame for inventions. Who created shoes? Sandals. And, and better yet, who created socks? Should he even just be given an award right beside him? It was a hard lesson to learn. But you know what? I wear shoes. Can't feel my pinky toe. I wear shoes now because I didn't like the pain. I, I wonder if in our lives there are continual pains going on, the same pain over and over and over again, and we never stop to ask ourselves, what am I doing to cause this pain? We're pointing at the door jam and the bicycle and, 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 the, and the drainage ditch and the piece of glass and the, the bucket full of crawdads that I had that I had just caught. I don't know what I was going to do with them because I don't eat crawfish. But I had them. You, we point to everything in our life but the one who decided not to put the shoes on. There, I, I had my, We weren't rich growing up. But please understand, I had shoes. I just didn't want to wear them because it was funner not to wear them. It was easier not to wear them. So I can't blame my mom and dad. I, I am a person of reasonable intelligence. They raised me to wear shoes. I just wouldn't wear them, and I paid the price for them. Are there things in your life that there are solutions lying around? People have told you, if you'll stop doing this, it'll stop hurting. But no, no, that can't be the problem. Uh, it's got to be somebody else. Pain. Five types of pain. There are a number of others, but just, just some that I was thinking about today. Acute pain. Acute pain is a sudden and sharp pain as if kicking a door jam. <laughs> Everything is good. Everything is not good. <laughs> One little thing causes a lot of pain. And there are times in our life when, when pain jumps upon us. And, and sometimes in our life, Things happen. Things just happen. Sometimes you don't cause them. Sometimes you're totally innocent. Sometimes you're not. But sometimes there's just pain in your life. Sometimes there just is. Then there is chronic pain. Chronic pain. Pain that just never seems to go away. 
Chronic pain, the unique thing I found out as I was studying this was it's, it's pain that even exists after an injury has healed. Just keeps on hurting. Just, just, just keeps hurting. The, there's no injury there. There's nothing a doctor can do about it. It just keeps hurting. And you know what goes along with chronic pain? The fear of re-injury. The fear of it happening again. It's not that you hurt so much. It's that you remember how bad it hurt and you don't want to go back there again. So you protect yourself so that you don't re-injure what happened. Fear of re-injury. Third kind of pain is nagging injuries. You got any nagging injuries? They're not bad. They're not killing you. You get up, you go to work, you, you do, you live your life, but you don't live it at 100% because they're, they're always there nagging at you. They're always, it's just the little pain. It's, it's the one that just, it's just frustrating. It's not that you're not happy with your life. It's just nagging. You're living life at 90% instead of 100%. You have life, but you're not living life more abundantly. Nagging injuries. Then there are sore spots. Sore spots. Do you have sensitive areas in your life? You didn't even know they were sensitive, but you were sitting there around the lunch table one day with some coworkers, and they were talking about something and, and just having a good conversation, and suddenly you got upset and offended and hurt. They didn't mean to do anything, but it's a sore spot. It's a sensitive area. You know, the doctor gets to poking and pushing and prodding on you, and you didn't know you were sore, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I am sore right there. Sensitive areas, sore spots. Um, soreness can happen during healing. So sometimes soreness comes because your body's healing. Other times it comes because it's a sign of hidden pain. Hidden pain. And then finally is back pain. Back pain. Back pain is a terrible, terrible thing to have to deal with. It affects everything in your life. Everything's connected to your back, right? And when your back is out of whack, it affects everything. When your back's hurting... It makes it hard for your body to work properly. There are some areas of your life that when they're out of whack, everything is affected. I'll give you two. Your relationship with God. When it's out of whack, you're going to feel it in every area of your life. You just will. There's one, one surefire thing. When anything is going out awry in your life, first start with, how's my relationship with God? Maybe I need to spend a little time with Him. May not fix everything. I'm not saying you're a heathen and you're on a one-way ticket to hell. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying sometimes our relationship has gotten a little off kilter. And if we'll get back in his presence, if we'll get back to him, if we'll spend a little time in prayer, if we'll spend a little time worshiping, if we'll spend a little time reading our word, those, little, those pains can go away. I'll tell you another one is your relationship with your spouse. When that one gets, uh, what's the saying? A happy wife is a happy home. If your relationship with your spouse is out of whack, it tends to affect everything, right? Amen. <clears throat> okay, so I have some pain, and it's one of these, and maybe it's another one that I, that I didn't give you tonight, but you have pain, you have areas in your life that are hurting, areas in your life that are sore, nagging injuries, chronic pains, fear of getting hurt again, back pain, sore spots, acute pain. Okay, but, but now what? Well, here's the deal. Pain in itself is designed to be temporary. That's what you've got to understand about pain. It was designed to be temporary. 
Not designed to last forever. So the, the goal of, of when you find areas in your life that are in pain, that are hurting, is to figure out a way, what, do I, what is a solution to fix it to cause the pain to go away? Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in pain forever. I just don't. Like, I don't, I don't enjoy pain. I don't wake up in the morning and say, what can I do today to cause myself some pain? And I start looking around for things. There's a bedpost. Let me slam my head against it. Wow. Ah, now we can start the day. Now I can have some coffee and go on. No, we don't live that way. So what we need to start doing is when we realize, okay, here's an area of my life that has some pain, is we need to do something about it to fix it. If, if you've got a, a, a neck that is always hurting and you wake up every day and it's hurting. For a season of my life, I woke up every morning with a headache and, and neck pain. Finally, my wife said, if you're not going to do something about it, I'm going to do something about it. I was literally taking a lot of Tylenol to get through the night just to sleep because my head was hurting so bad. She went out and my Christmas present this past year, wasn't it Christmas? Was a hundred dollar pillow. This was my whole Christmas. <laughs> Greatest Christmas present I have ever received. For what, I don't know what is different about this pillow, and I don't care. It weighs 37 pounds. But I don't wake up with headaches anymore. Thank you to my amazing wife who said, if you're not going to fix the problem, I will. So we start looking around and say, what can I do um, to, to stop the pain? What is causing the pain? When I broke my toe, okay, there's pain. Okay, my toe is broken. Now what do I do? So we, we start, you know, I grabbed it and yanked it back around. And, you know, oh, it's a bad deal. I still have, you know, like a little twitch from it at times. When I, I'm just kidding. So here's the deal. Well, what are some things we can do? We can go to the Word of God. When you need wisdom in your life on how to deal with things, go to the Word of God. If you don't know where to start, just start in Proverbs. It's just a good place to start. When you're needing wisdom, go to the book of wisdom. Sayings about wisdom. <laughs> just try that. There's lots of other places you can go. That's a, just a good place to start if you don't know where to go. Uh, go get some counsel. Uh, get some godly advice. And here's a hint. Take it. I know this is rocket science tonight. I mean, I, this is like earth-shattering revelation for you tonight. You're taking notes as fast as you can take them. I got to get this CD. I got to listen to it every day. I got to give it to all my friends. Listen, when you get some good advice, take it. Well, Pastor Rennan, it that doesn't seem like it will work. Well, is doing what you're doing working? If doing what you're doing was working, you wouldn't be talking to me about it. I'm, I'm just putting that out there. So now we get to the place where we've, we've taken counsel, we, we've studied the word, we've, we've done what we can do, but the pain hasn't gone away. How many you know there are, there are pains in your life that, that, that just won't seem to go away? There are some that we can deal with and, and have a surgery or get a, this or get that, but there, there are doctors and places you can go now to literally help you deal with the pain. And that's what they're all about is just helping you deal with pain in your life. Well, this is a problem that we find in the Word of God as well. What do I do if the pain persists? I'm going to pick up the pace a little bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 
verse 5. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 5 through 10. Here's my question for you. Can you find pleasure in your pain, in your suffering, or in your hurt? It's an important question. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast, except in my infirmities. This is Paul speaking. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be, or hears from me. Verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Sounds like pain to me, doesn't it to you? A messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Now you have to understand, he literally means he went to God three times, at least. But what else he also means is in the, in the Hebrew and the Jewish cultures is that when you say something three times, it's like the, the maximum inference. It's, it's, it's the maximum importance. Remember in Revelation and in Isaiah, the angels were saying, holy, holy, holy. Why three? Because that was, three, that was holy to the max. So here's what he's saying. I prayed to the max. Lord, take this thorn from my flesh. And, and here's what Jesus says. You're reading in, if you're reading in your Bible, you're reading in a red letter edition. Nod your head at me. All right, you can't see it on the screen, but, but they're red letters. So that means it's the words of Jesus. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Nowhere does he ever promise Paul that he was going to take the thorn from him. Some pains persist. Nowhere does he ever say it's never going to hurt because pain hurts. But he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, watch this. I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, now let's talk about this for just a moment. Because there, you, you could preach a lifetime on these words of Paul. Uh, but I want to show you a couple of things. He said, I will boast in my infirmities. I, I take pleasure. I, he was given this thorn. And, and I love the response. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, I, I want you to look at this. Put this verse back up for me, verse 9. I want you to look at it with me. Whose grace... God's grace. Is it my grace? Your grace? We have a measure of grace in our life. Uh, we can, uh, the, the Bible says to grow in grace. The, the Bible says that uh, great grace was upon them all. So we have a measure of grace in our life. But understand what Paul is talking about here and what Jesus said to him. He was not referring to Paul's grace. Whose grace was he referring to? Jesus. So here's what, here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus saying, literally, you, you got to understand this, Paul. When I was in my weakest moment, when my strength was low, when I needed grace, grace came upon me. And the same grace that got me through Calvary, I'll give it to you. 
doesn't matter that your grace isn't enough. My grace is enough. My grace is sufficient. So I'm going to take the same grace that got me through the most excruciating pain ever known to man. It got me through. I'll give it to you in your pain. It's a thorn in your flesh. This is way more grace than you need. But you know what? Take it all. Then watch. Whose strength is made perfect? Is it your strength? No, 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 no. It's his strength. It's God's strength. So, so now, not only does he give us strength, but when but, uh, grace, but when his grace shows up, strength shows up. Power shows up. This strength is the word power right here. So he says strength and power shows up. Not mine, because I don't have enough. I'm hurting. I need help. But Jesus said, my grace and my strength shows up for you. The only thing you have to provide is this, weakness. Doesn't say his weakness. It just says weakness. It can be why my weakness. It can be your weakness. It was Jesus' weakness. It can be anybody's. Weakness. It doesn't matter whose weakness it is. The only thing that matters is is there a weakness? Lord, I got a few weaknesses. I may not have enough grace and enough strength, but I have some weaknesses. I got some places that are hurting. I've got some infirmities, some distresses, some needs, some persecutions. I've got some problems. I got plenty of that. All I need is your grace and your strength. And he says, perfect. Because my grace and my strength, the only missing ingredient to make them perfected or completed or to make the whole puzzle come together to release them in your life is weakness. You don't have to know every scripture. You don't have to have a sing with the voice of an angel to to worship him perfectly. No, no, no. All you have to do is have weakness. We show up. God, I'm here. What'd you bring with you? Weakness. Perfect. I've been waiting on some weakness because now my grace will work and my strength will work. I've just been waiting on you, somebody to show up with some weakness. I've just been waiting on somebody to come knocking on my door. I've been waiting on somebody to ask and, 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 and say, I need some help. And he said, here I am. Here's my grace. Here's my strength in your life. It's a good news for me because there are many times in my life where my grace has run out. Where my strength is low. I can't make it another day. I don't have enough joy and mercy and and compassion. And and I just bring my weakness to God. And he says, I got you. And and, and then I find out this unique thing. The, The thing that I thought was killing me actually made me stronger. For in my weakness... Then he made me strong. He he put his strength in me. He put his grace in me. That's good news. I wish I could get a great big amen tonight. Verse 10, he said, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses. Watch this. Infirmities, weaknesses, frailties, sicknesses. Diseases, a a lack of strength or a lack of capacity. This is what the word infirmity in the Greek means. Those things, I take take, uh, pleasure in those things. In reproaches, these are injuries. These are, are wrong things that were done to us, whether physically or emotionally or spiritually or mentally. Uh, injuries that happened to us in the course of our life. I take pleasure in them. In needs. This is not just, well, I need a, a place to live. No, no. These are, these are when, when I'm required to do something that I don't have it in me to do. When, when the world is demanding of me what I can't give it. No worry, I take pleasure in it. Why? Grace and strength comes from him. 
in persecutions, when the world is coming against me, when, when people are attacking me, when, when everybody seems to be coming at me from every different angle, and I don't even know why, persecutions, I, I, I take pleasure in them, and then in distresses. The, the, the word here literally means a, a narrow place. Metaphorically, it's, it's talking about a place of extreme affliction or, or that which presses, that which burdens the spirit. Over the course of history, this term has been used to refer to a type of torture where you're thrown in a, a prison cell, but it's a prison cell where you can never fully stand up, walk, lay down or sit down you're in a box that's too small for you and it's called torture in the greek they called it a narrow place because you can't stretch you ever sat on a plane or in a car too long and, and, it, and you're just hurting not because anything's wrong but just because you can't stretch you're in a narrow place. If you're in that kind of pain, you can't stretch, you can't move, you just feel like you're being tortured and you don't know why. I believe that God wants to give you grace and strength tonight. What, what you thought was killing you, if you'll bring it to God, he'll turn it into strength. Not any strength, his strength, his grace. I want to release healing in your life tonight. Just healing. First thing I want to do is pray for those areas of your life that are not the thorn in the flesh. There, there are some of those. But I want to play, pray for the, the injuries, the broken places, the hurt places, the messed up things, the, the nagging injuries, the nagging pain, the chronic pain, the acute pain, the back pain. I want, I want to release healing into your life. The Bible says, by his stripes, you are healed. He laid out a plan. He, he had an idea. He had a strategy. I'm going to take stripes so that they can be healed. I want to release that over you tonight. Pastor Chris, if you'll help me. I want to pray for you if you're in an area of your life where there's something and you, and you have a thorn. And it doesn't seem to want to go away. Hopefully, God will take it from you one day. But if you're like Paul and he never does, you'll get to a place where his strength comes upon you and his grace comes upon you and it's perfected in your life. Paul made it. He finished his race. And so will you. I want to release healing. Release the power of God, the grace of God and the strength of God in your life. If you've been clogging up the flow of blessing in your life, I want to declare that the blockage would clear. That God would do a supernatural surgery. And I want to challenge you to fix the areas in your life that are causing you pain or that are blocking the blessing. But, but tonight, I just want God to remove them for just, just enough time so you can get a fresh start. I mean like a fresh start. Just, just God to come through and clean you out one time. Would you stand with me today?